Hello there, I'm Jen, and welcome to a special episode of The Pilot Principle, the podcast where I normally sit around and dissect the pilot episode of a series. If that sounds like something you'd like to observe, have a browse through and see if you can find an episode that suits. For this special, as we count down to the 60th anniversary celebration of the beloved sci-fi series Doctor Who, I'll be watching and nitpicking the pilot episode for each Doctor since the 2005 revival. I've begun by looking at Christopher Eccleston's ninth Doctor, so make sure you give that a listen before you continue. Now, if you couldn't tell by my enthusiasm in that episode, the ninth pilot, I'm a Doctor Who fan, or appreciator is a better word. In fact, I recently remembered that 10 years ago, I went to watch the 50th anniversary feature in an Odeon cinema in Sheffield. It's crazy how time flies, even when you're not a Time Lord. Okay, enough waffle. Here's how things work around here. Firstly, I'll run through the credits, the who's who, no pun intended, then give you the synopsis for the pilot, chat about the first 10 minutes, discuss the Doctor and the companion and round up from there. So if you're ready. I actually didn't plan to do that for a second time, but it's actually very, very fun. Right, let's get into it. So don't be mad at me, but I'm actually going to hop, skip and jump over the 2005 Christmas special, which is technically where we first meet the 10th Doctor. Instead, I'm going to go straight to his series pilot. Why, you ask? Because he's barely in it and Christmas episodes kind of exist in a time and space of their own where the general rules of the world don't always apply. Okay, so for those of you who haven't immediately switched off, here's what we're working with. Series 2, episode 1, which is where we first meet the 10th Doctor, aired on the 15th of April 2006, and the pilot title is New Earth, which we find, as we watch the episode, is where the Doctor and his companion travel in this episode. Episode length is an easy breezy 45 minutes and New Earth was written by Russell T Davis who is still the showrunner at this point. He's also known for Channel 4's Queer as Folk as well as Cucumber, Banana and Tofu which share the same fictional universe all also for Channel 4. Flipping channels he wrote BBC's A Very English Scandal, Years and Years which I loved and of late ITV's Nolly. He's also doing the three-part special that makes up the 60th anniversary. So, you know, he's a staple in the Doctor Who-verse. The Who-verse? The Who-verse. New Earth was directed by James Hawes. And James Hawes has directed a number of various bits of television. He directed three episodes of the BBC series Merlin. Oh God, I loved Merlin when that came out. Has there yet been a better depiction of the King Arthur and Merlin story? The answer is no. But (laughs) I did also really enjoy Guy Ritchie's King Arthur Legend of the Sword, which I know is not to everybody's taste, but it's worth a watch, I'd say. You can find it. Right, back to James Hawes, who has also directed four episodes of Mad Dogs. Oh God, that show still makes me upset if I think about it too deeply. He did five episodes of Penny Dreadful, and he also directed all episodes of the 2016 BBC series Undercover. And he directed an episode of the HBO series Raised by Wolves. On to the cast, where I'll look at the Doctor, the Companion and a couple of special faces. The Tenth Doctor is of course played by David Tennant, who has also starred in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, where he played Barty Crouch Jr. BBC 4's The Chatterley Affair, which I mentioned because that was actually also directed by James Hawes. 
He played D.I. Alec Hardy on Chris Chibnall's ITV series Broadchurch and its American remake, Grace Point as Emmett Carver. Weird but cool, I didn't realise Grace Point was an American remake of Broadchurch. More recently, he played Reverend Harry Watling in the Stephen Moffat series Inside Man, which was a really odd (laughs) short series that had all kinds of escalation and unnecessary drama. And he currently plays Crowley on Amazon Prime Video's Good Omens. On to the Doctor's companion, Billy Piper is still playing Rose Tyler. Billy Piper was, of course, a former singer whose hits included Because We Want To, Honey to the Bee and Day and Night. And after five years in the music industry, she retired at age 20 to focus on acting, where she then went on to play Fanny Price in Mansfield Park, Hannah Baxter on Secret Diary of a Cool Girl, Brona Croft in Penny Dreadful and Susie in the Sky One series I Hate Susie, which she also co-created. In terms of special faces that feature in New Earth, we have Zoe Wanamaker, who plays the last human Cassandra. She has a distinctive voice and a bountiful filmography spanning stage and screen. She starred in the likes of My Family, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Mr. Selfridge and Shadow and Bone. We also have Joa Ando as Sister Jat, and she had a long-running role on the series Casualty. She also starred in episodes of Broadchurch, Cucumber and Line of Duty, and is probably more recently well-known for playing Lady Danbury in Netflix's Bridgerton series. Finally, she also reappears in the Tenth Doctor's second series as Francine Jones, but she doesn't look like a cat, so it's fine. As you can tell from all the bits of TV and film that I listed, the British television pool is shallow. We could play Six Degrees of Separation with pretty much everybody all day long. And finally, Doctor Who airs on BBC, and you can currently catch all episodes from the 2005 revival on iPlayer. Now we're done. Let's move on to the pilot synopsis. After receiving a summons from an unknown source, the Doctor and Rose head to a hospital on New Earth in the year 5 billion. Whilst there, they investigate the miraculous recoveries of the hospital's patients and come across an old foe too. Now, Russell T. Davis said that he promised Billy Piper she could have an episode where she got the chance to be funny. So New Earth leans towards comedy for her and you'll soon get a sense of of how. Onwards, where we'll next discuss the first 10 minutes, because I was always taught that the first 10 minutes is where you need to grip your audience. So the first 10 minutes of New Earth goes like this. The Doctor gets the TARDIS ready for takeoff and we get glimpses of his new outfit, white converse, a slouchy suit and tie. While he gets the TARDIS ready, Rose says goodbye to her mum and her boyfriend, Mickey. And then they're off and the Doctor says they're going further than they've ever gone before. They land on Galaxy M87 in the year 5 billion and 93, where the Doctor reveals part of the reason that they've come there is because he received a message on his psychic paper telling him to head to Ward 26. When they go to the hospital, Rose is surprised to find that it's being run by a breed of nurses that look like cats called the Sisters of Plentitude. En route to War 26, the Doctor and Rose get separated and while he goes up, she ends up going down because she's been lured to the basement where a familiar face, or should I say skin, awaits her. Cassandra, the last human, she's a taut piece of skin with eyes, nose and a mouth who is determined to keep on living. She ends up trapping Rose and transfers her consciousness into her body. And though she's happy the procedure works, she ends up exclaiming, oh my God, I'm a chav. And that's the first 10-ish minutes for you. The start of the episode was really high energy as we get to see the Doctor in full form in his like new outfit and, you know, doing his thing. And then it sort of plateaus a little bit in the middle of the 10 minutes and then picks back up again. 
there's one thing about something like Doctor Who, which is, of course, a sci-fi series, is that you need to give time for explanations to be made so that the audience isn't completely lost. So, <laughs> A, you need to know where you've turned up. It's not like watching a movie where you just put on the screen London or Glasgow or, you know, Cardiff. You need to properly establish a sense of place and, in this case, a sense of alien. So... <laughs> So, yeah, but it ended on a nice, like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen now that Cassandra's in Rose's body? Moving on to looking at the Doctor, the 10th Doctor. If nine was in his mid-20s, I'd say 10 had the personality of somebody in his late teens slash early 20s. He's very devil-may-care, he's more of a renegade, and he seems more than happy to literally leap into danger. He also doesn't have any of the cynicism for humans so far that his predecessor had. He wears a brown pinstripe suit white converses and dons a brown coat from time to time and he also occasionally puts on a pair of glasses when he's in deep investigation mode which is really sweet his style really reminds me of a teddy boy the suit wearing teenagers in the british sort of 50s and 60s and i like him he's cool he's the cool doctor he's perfectly suited to the trends and the audience of the late noughties and he slides into his role really really well rose tyler is still our companion and she grown She's changed. She's confident. She's prepared. She's knowledgeable. She's a time traveller. She holds our hand as we go from the old doctor to the new doctor, eases us through that transition. And looking at Rose now, comparatively to where we saw her at the start of series one, it's, it's saying sort of, look what happens when you take a leap of faith. Everything turns out for the better. So just take the leap. When the doctor regenerates, he doesn't just change his face. He has a whole new personality. So there's a new dynamic for the Doctor and the Doctor's companion. And I found that with Ten and Rose, the banter was a little bit more flirty. We get a sense of a will they, won't they, will there be a potential budding of romance that we might actually root for, but at the same time we're aware that it might never happen because, well, you know, the Doctor is a time-travelling alien from a lost planet with two hearts and a rotating face. So, you know, I can see a few hiccups in his relationships. But I think now Rose, having been a companion for quite some time, is a bit more level-footed with this new Doctor, whereas before she was a few steps behind. So I think this time around with Ten and Rose, the relationship is more on even ground. There's a bit more of mutual respect and understanding. And I think that's nice. In terms of my favourite line from Ten's pilot, there's a scene where the Doctor finds out what the Sisters of Platitude are up to, and it's not good. He is absolutely furious. They try to question his authority, and he says, allow me to reintroduce myself. Okay, no, he doesn't, he doesn't say that. What he says is slightly more poetic and well-written. He says, I'm the doctor, and if you don't like it, if you want to take it to a high authority, there isn't one. It stops with me. And I was like, oh, it's cocky, it's powerful, and it's a reminder that this kid in a suit isn't someone to mess with. And we need that reminder early on, you know, because Doctor Who can be a bit all stumbling across mysteries and having a good time and making jokes. But no, they're here to save the world, people. All worlds, not just our world, all the worlds and all the people. Now, in terms of how New Earth made me feel, I thought it was quite nice that as well as Cassandra, the last human, the episode also features the face of Bo, both of whom the Doctor and Rose met in Series 1, Episode 2, The End of the World. I thought it was a nice way to link 9 and 10 and to re-emphasise that the Doctor is the same person who has gone on the same adventures. He just has a different personality, face and wardrobe. 
And it's good that it jumped straight into the adventurous deep end by leaving Earth and heading to New Earth. (laughs) The episode was enjoyable and there is something to be gained watching Ten's pilot today because we have the knowledge that he's here to stay for quite some time. For a lot of people, David Tennant's Doctor is the Doctor. I mean, he had 47 episodes, including a myriad of specials and story arcs that included prophecies where we experienced the payoff. I will say for somebody who might have just started watching Doctor Who from this pilot, they'd probably be a little bit lost, but I don't think it'd be anything insurmountable. Yes, they say things like, oh, you again with Cassandra and and the face of Bo, but the core adventure of every episode is different. And yes, there's a couple of serial storylines, but each episode exists in a world of its own. So I've now been to New Earth. I now know about the Sisters of Platitude and the Doctor and Rose coming in and saving the day. And if this was my first episode, I'd be intrigued enough to find out more about who these two were and some of the things that they said that I may not have understood the first time around. Now, don't come for me, but I feel like I should say, when it comes to 10, hashtag not my doctor. Like, I have a friend who loved 10 and Rose, and we would constantly bicker about the best doctor slash companion combo. Hers, 10 and Rose, and mine, well, spoilers, sweetie, we'll get to them in another episode, because it's regeneration time. David Tennant's tenure as the doctor saw three series and three core companions. As we close this chapter, let's say goodbye to Rose Tyler, played by Billy Piper, and give a shout out to her successor, Martha Jones, played by Freema Aggieman, and finally, Donna Noble, played by Catherine Tate. And because why not, here are some of my favourite episodes from David Tennant's time in the TARDIS. Silence in the Library, Blink, Midnight and Turn Left. Like, if you have got time, just go and watch Blink and Midnight. Those two episodes can just sort of exist on their own, and it's chilling but done so 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 well blink will make you scared of things you didn't know you should be scared of and midnight is almost like a play most of it takes place in one location and it's so well done i've watched it so many times such a good piece of television now for the 10th doctor's last line which at one stage broke the internet we're led into those soul-destroying five words with a line from an ood this song is ending but the story never ends The slow, mournful, operatic music swells and the Doctor, eyes brimming, says, I don't want to go. He may not have been my favourite Doctor, but I, along with pretty much everyone else, may have shed a tear at that moment. What were some of your favourite moments from David Tennant's 10th Doctor? Let me know over on Twitter slash X at Pilot Principal and I'll catch you on the next Doctor Who special as we discuss Matt Smith's introduction as the 11th Doctor. Oh.